Welcome to another exciting episode of Bending Boundaries, the NWSS DTP sponsored podcast that delves into the intersection of academia, equity, equality, diversity, inclusion, and representation. We are your hosts, Ibru, Megan, Saren, and your fellow PhD enthusiasts. And today we're actually diving into the somewhat mysterious world of dress codes in academia. Oftentimes in academia, we find that there are unspoken dress codes that navigate our daily interactions, shaping perceptions and at times creating unexpected narratives. So this episode is not just about the clothes we wear, but also the impressions they may leave, whether we choose so or not, and the statements they make about identity, diversity, and the unique stories we carry into academia. As PhD students, we often find ourselves navigating a very liminal position, a space that's neither entirely that of a student nor a staff member. So in this episode, we'll kind of dive into that um, and discuss who determines how we're supposed to dress in this unique position where the expectations of both worlds seem to simultaneously converge and clash. Have you ever caught yourself changing your outfit or parts of it multiple times only to go back to the very first one? We certainly have. It's a phenomenon many of us face as we grapple with the question, what is that looking the part that we strive for in academia? So join us as we explore the unspoken yet very visible aspects of our academic identity and the multifaceted nature of the academic dress code. So grab your favorite mug of coffee, my personal preference, or tea, get comfy, and let's dive into this episode. Hi guys, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah, all right, thanks. How how's how are you? Yeah, good. Um, we were just chatting offline, I guess, about yeah, I've been doing lots of teaching this term, um, which has been interesting, and and doing marking. So yeah, like moving into, I guess, like the more professional side of the PhD than the like student side, like starting to, I don't know, blur those lines. <laughs> Mm, yeah I've been doing the same it's been it's been fun but also quite weird and Ibra you were already well seasoned in that <laughs> I'm, I'm actually quite glad if I can say so that I'm not teaching or haven't been teaching this semester because last year I feel like 60% was teaching and marking so I have lots of empathy for you wishing you lots of strong energy because I feel like marking season reading the you know, many similar scripts over and over again. It's just, it can be, it's a fun task, I feel like, but it can be very tedious. Um, but yeah, so as for me, I've just been, I feel like every time we meet, I say this, I've been, you know, trying to hit some deadlines when it comes to submissions for certain conferences. Um, and yeah, I'm actually very excited because this or this upcoming year, I'm going to be co-convening a stream on um, queering bodies and desires um, oh. at a gender work and organization conference. And I'm super excited. I feel like this is my way of stepping into the more professional side. I don't know half of the things that are going on, but we're learning together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, oh, that yeah. sounds so cool. Yeah, and a good place to meet people on your wavelength and like yeah yeah I'm super excited I feel like yeah no, I feel super grateful that I 
get to meet so many queer scholars and, you know, kind of find a community that kind of has similar outlooks on things. I think that's so important to have in academia. But um, yeah, diving into today's conversation, how do we feel or what meaning do we attach to dress code in academia? I think it's a really interesting space, Ibru. And when you brought this idea up, I was, thought it would be really cool to talk about because for me, at least, I find that academia is simultaneously quite a freeing space in terms of dress code and also extremely stressful like it's sort of it's sort of a weird contradiction I mean it's not like my previous like a previous office job you know where I sort of had a very normative outfit that I would wear each day but it isn't it isn't without judgment and and expectations as well yeah I, I don't really know I think I dress pretty boring so I think that maybe is my I'm like oh, I just wear the same stuff all the time <laughs> um but yeah, so I'd be interested to hear what your guys' like experiences are. Ivory, what, what about you? So I have actually, I think it's a rather exciting story to share because in the moment when this happened at a conference, I recently went to and presented a research poster. Um, you know, I didn't really, you know, these moments where you don't know how to react, but later on, like, three weeks, three months later, you reflect on that moment and you're thinking, oh, I should have said this or that would have been a super appropriate yet, you know, uh, strong answer or comment back. But anyway, so I'll just share the memory and maybe that will trigger some of your, you know, things that have happened in the past that we just don't think about a second time. So I feel like, um, this September, early September, I went to a very wonderful conference I feel very comfortable at. Um, and I noticed there's like certain unwritten rules about what people deem accept acceptable when it comes to how we dress and what they deem perhaps as less professional or as overdressed, you know, like going back and forth between all these kind of different um, dress perceptions, I guess. So and I always have seen fashion as a language. So growing up, super tomboy, um, loved that, you know. And at some point, I think I just kind of discovered my hyper feminine side and I love it. Um, you know, everyone gets to define what they believe is, you know, femininity or masculinity or non-binariness or anything in between, you know, themselves. But for me, it means that I will wear my over-knee boots um, that are leather and my super cute tights that have polka dots and my super flared out skirts and, you know, <laughs> my glasses that have like these tiger prints and, I love my piercings. I feel like it just kind of speaks a language of its own. It's to me, it's all about um, who I am as a person. And, um, you know, I don't know if you know, but like in, I, I don't know how to pronounce it, but in Ayurvedic medicine, I'm not quite sure if I pronounced that right. But if you have a piercing on your left nostril, it actually is supposed to help with like um, connecting with like a balanced side of your femininity and masculinity and it's supposed to help with um, menstrual pain and everything like that so I very much believe in that so I have a nose piercing you know 
For some, it's just a fashion statement. Like for me, I connect something else to that anyway. And something else I have are very long nails. Hmm. Love art. I used to be a makeup artist. You know, I love very strong makeup. I love my nails. It's just, I love everything that's kind of like, I guess, out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I really that's don't over there. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, hi, it's <laughs> me. Um, you know, I've I've always been like that. It's just like to me, it's art, just like tattoos. You know, I feel like those are adornments. And I totally understand if people have different understandings of that. But anyway, I'm presenting my poster, and now you have an image of what I looked like that day. And um the same evening there was like a gala dinner, and then this woman approaches me, sits down at the same table and says, oh, I hadn't realized it was your poster that you were presenting. Your makeup and clothes, I thought you were a model and your nails, how do you function with those claws? Mm -hmm. So, and I'm just trying to eat that super dry chicken, but Mm -hmm. I'm kind of choking on that piece of chicken where I'm like, okay, she called my nails claws and kind of, you know, her perception of me as a model, whatever that means, does that mean I don't look the part of a doctoral researcher equals a professional? So, and then I was thinking, okay, maybe we can have a episode on this at some point. Because I feel like this experience kind of served as a reminder where I felt like this person was heavily underestimating me based on their interpretation of my style, my jewelry, my nails, my overall looks, doing it like a math equation kind of, you know, like the way I present equals the extent of my capabilities or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but I feel like, again, how I choose to present is an expression of my personality. I don't know how you two feel about that. Um, And maybe you have other spaces where you feel that way. But I feel like, um, you know, I I just felt like that experience kind of was not okay. Like it it was not okay to be judged like that. Um, And it did not make me feel good. It still doesn't make me feel good when I think about it. Because I'm thinking, what does that even mean to look the professional part in academia? Um, So yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that question. (laughs) And maybe you have like thoughts to share. I think that's that was really rude, obviously, and just like what she said to you. <laughs> so, what's your problem? <laughs> and yeah. and like you said, like saying, "Oh, that was your poster." It's a bit like, well, I'm pretty sure the only person standing next to their poster is the person presenting. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> it's just like a bit. Yeah, it's kind of undermining you, and kind of. Yeah, making you feel self-conscious about something that's just like a normal thing like people have different senses of style in every place there's always gonna be someone who's like you know who puts like is really good with their fashion and their looks and stuff or what has a specific I don't know stamp on how they dress and it's like that's normal in every world part of the world so I don't know why someone would think that because you have a specific style that you can't be at a conference even though you're obviously there so very weird yeah it also it also takes quite a lot to say that to someone doesn't it like I might see someone's like outfit or look or whatever and think wow they look really amazing but I would never then actually go up to them and then 
And it, I mean, it wasn't like she just came up and said, wow, you look incredible as well, which I don't know how you'd feel about that. But, you know, it was the fact that she then attached a judgment to it of being like, well, the two can't go together. You can't possibly look the way that you do and also be here as like someone who deserves to be here. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, it just made me think about, you know, how, so from an early age, we're like, in the German school system, when we learn how to write essays, you're supposed to talk about school uniforms, pros and cons, kind of just trying to learn debate skills. And I don't know, so school uniform is a whole different subject. But I felt like in that second, I felt like, okay, um, we already know, you know, there's certain masculine norms in academia, but I guess that also translates to the way people are perceived as professionals. So the more masculine you dress, whatever that means, I don't even know what that means. You know, it's so subjective, but that way, the more you're going to be perceived as a professional. I think there's a heavily gendered aspect to this. And maybe we can like dive into that, kind of reflect on that together, because I don't know how to quite put it into words. But I feel like there is this unspoken dress code of what you're supposed to look like when you teach. And both of you are teaching at the moment. I'm not sure whether you're teaching in person or online, which again makes a difference. But then that automatically kind of, I don't know, we're so focused, I think, as a society to sexualize bodies. Otherwise, this whole conversation wouldn't even come up, I think. Yeah, and if it, someone is sexualized, then that like belittles them as well in sort of an academic setting, right? What was this person, I had a question, What were they like a, were they sort of also a PhD researcher or were they a sort of more senior academic? Uh, I would say like mid-career. Right. Yeah. Gross. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean... Yeah, it's... it's... I'm just so unfashionable that it's like I haven't like I don't have any, I don't think many people would comment on what I'm wearing. So I'm just wearing a black jumper and trousers. <laughs> like I'm not sure if it's an experience I've had, but then I feel like experiences of being like out of place. I feel like there's lots of different elements to it. Like being a young um woman or something is like something people are sometimes a bit funny about being not white <laughs> makes people like it makes you stand out in a way so yeah. It's, yeah it's kind of like you can see that there's all of these intersections of it like mm -hmm. that probably makes someone more comfortable or more feel makes them feel like you're less in place but again I'm not really yeah so Megan when you go into teaching you know that day you're teaching are you thinking more about what you're wearing than you would on a different day if you were just to go to the office? Um, not too much. Like, I might wear, I would say probably not. Probably not. I, th I think because I just wear the same thing. But mm. I think maybe that's just like, I get, it's like the same stuff I would have worn to work is the same stuff I wear to the office and the same stuff I'd wear. Yeah, all the time. Okay, again, I'm just a bit boring. <laughs> that doesn't mean you're fashionable, though, mate. That just means that that's 
the way that you like to dress like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's kind of like it was your day tonight west <laughs> <laughs> no fair enough though yeah just kind of the same kind of stuff I yeah I don't know I feel like I go through phases with like clothes and stuff like I think um I used to really like really enjoy clothes and like get a lot of pleasure out of like making a nice outfit and stuff and then I went through a phase of like not really wanting to make not really wanting that and just wanting to sort of not be perceived in a way and then now I feel like the past couple of years I'm like more back into like really enjoying like what I wear and it being like important to how I express myself and things like that and I think I agree like Megan I don't really I think I might think about it a little more if I'm teaching one day but I wouldn't necessarily change what I wear I sort of wear what I wear in a sort of um sort of not spiteful way but in a like I'm gonna wear this and I'm gonna be the only person who looks like this and that's okay and I'm gonna stand out here and I'm gonna feel uncomfortable about it but also like this is who I am so I'm gonna wear it in a way that I don't think I would have been able to do because someone would have told me not to do it in like another workplace um but at the same time I do definitely really think about it and have clothes meltdowns and about it like I had a meeting with um a certain academic the other day and I was like will they judge me if I wear dungarees today mm -hmm. um, yeah mm -hmm. you know and you know some it's just silly things like that when it's like okay well otherwise I'll just wear another outfit which they probably judge me equally in and my friend was like well that person will judge you whatever you wear so you just you just wear your dungarees and be comfy and I was like mm -hmm. okay um it, yeah so it's a weird one like I definitely like wear what I wear and sort of refuse to change but also at the same time I think about it a lot and agonize about it quite a lot mm. yeah I wonder where that comes from because I do the same thing I actually you know the evening before and I know I have a meeting or I um, have to go to a presentation or there's a guest speaker coming I really think about okay what will look more serious sometimes and I'm thinking, why? And, you know, I, I say this to every topic, no matter what people discuss. I'm like, you know, the patriarchy really has us in its chains, kind of. Because these kind of, I think, thinking patterns of, can I wear this dungaree? Like, it comes from somewhere, right? Like, what what is appropriate, what is not appropriate? And I don't think it should play a role at all. Um, but then I'm going to put the question out there. What do you, like, would you ever wear, like, a crop top to you know uh, a conference or a presentation personally no <laughs> <laughs> um but I completely agree about that like masculinity thing as well like I sometimes um like would rather dress more feminine than I generally do but I wouldn't ever do that in a university setting because I'm already struggling with them trying to recognize me like as a trans person so I'm like well I can't confuse them by throwing <laughs> in the fact that I might still quite like enjoy some feminine things mm -hmm. so I just have to sort of fit a very normative ideal of what of sort of androgyny um but yeah I personally wouldn't wear a crop top but I would not I would love it if someone did 
<laughs> I mean, I oh my God, I might be the problem, but I do think that people, sometimes I see people wearing stuff and I'm like, just like put on a proper like clothes. I don't, you know, it's like people like, wearing, it's like, aren't you cold? <laughs> like, I don't really understand. <laughs> and also, I guess the thing is, I'm not a Gen Z and all the students are. So I'm just like, I just don't dress like them either. So it's like, I feel like mm. they have a real fun vibe and I've got my millennial jumpers as I keep mentioning <laughs> stuff and it's just like but I think sometimes I see people like I don't know if you're presenting I feel like you should wear like maybe something a bit nicer than your everyday clothes but I don't I'm not I don't know see that's I'm so interesting people wearing like a, a worn out t-shirt and like jeans with holes in it or something you're just like did you not want to get dressed today or what <laughs> <laughs> That's so interesting you say that. I think now we're kind of, you know, getting to the juicy bits here because this is the kind of stuff I was thinking, you know, let's talk about it because I do have that too with these temperatures and I see mm, someone out also wearing a skirt like me and I already get asked, aren't you cold? Because I, but I always wear like tights or whatever. But um, then I see people who just don't and I'm like, wow, more power to you, you know, because I do kind of think about the weather. But then I also know that's different than because I do choose to wear sometimes slightly cropped tops with like super nice dress pants and then a more like a blazer that has some shoulder stuffings. I don't know. I just love that look. Um, mm -hmm. And I do catch people kind of trying to make sense of like what's going on. It looks professional, but almost. And then there's like the crop top in the middle. And, you know, I feel like, um, Saren, you were saying, like we don't want to confuse people but then again what does that even mean and why do we have that pressure of not wanting to confuse people or I don't know I just find it so interesting at some point somebody said well you're presenting today so dress appropriately dress professionally what does professionalism even mean what does it mean to you, Megan? Because in the beginning, you know, you were talking about teaching and stepping into the more professional part in academia. Like, what does that mean to you? I don't know. I think it's like just like slightly more effort. I don't know. Like, I, I just think because I think wearing crop tops not a problem. It's just it's like oh well, you put on a nice outfit. That sounds like a great outfit. You know what I mean? But you're like, I don't know. It's just sometimes like I think that's just like my grandparents and like my I think it's just in my head like it's like you, I'm not I don't put that much like thought into it but then there will be a time where you're like oh I should maybe like dress up a little bit today or I should you know I don't think that's bad no I don't think it's bad at all yeah. I you know, I was genuinely wondering because I feel like it's sometimes you can notice when people look at you in a certain way, or I notice, but I, I'm also somebody, I, I always read the room. I do think it has to do with, and maybe we can all relate to that, belonging to different minority groups. I think you learn to read a room because it's kind of like a flight or fight response or fawn or freeze, whatever you tend to do. But I do think sometimes people there's that look or this energy where it's like the line between individuality, freedom of expression and professionalism is very fine. Mm -hmm. 
fine line to walk. And maybe I also think about it more because I used to work in a very, in an industry that where aesthetic labor is everything, your clothes, your makeup, right? And I feel like that clashes so much with academia and maybe because academia for me personally is more this disciplined room, especially in management studies where I personally believe you can make it creative, but it doesn't really, um, I don't know, push your creative side in a way where, you know, uh, try to express yourself freely, be artistic. I don't think that's what the what the area I'm doing my PhD in is necessarily doing. Um, so I think I'm trying maybe to balance that out with being creative with the way I express myself. Because I do miss that kind of creative side. But then I think about, you know, your obviously you're in human geography, Megan, and um, Saren, you're in anthropology, and it might be very different. There might be a lot more room for creativity. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's something why I'm thinking so much more about it. I don't know. Yeah, I think that might actually, that I think that makes sense. Like, I think like more of businessy, dress codey. that's like kind of the vibe of management. But like, I think sociology, mm. which is where I was before, and um, human geography, everyone's just quite chilled I think especially like social sciences it's like you know no one cares what cover hey you have it's normal for the people to be a bit radical and like there's always going to be someone that has like a different color hair and a different it's, and they'll be in their like 60s mm, <laughs> so true like the hippie vibes. <laughs> I think yeah that's like I think it's and but then in geography it's funny business people who dress very sciencey does that make sense (laughs) yeah yeah I don't know yeah a bit more practical as well so I feel like no one in my department would really be wearing a suit (laughs) like that really it it would be much more I really don't know I don't even know what people dress like but it feels pretty chill (laughs) really Mm. yeah mine's same I think like lots of people wear like a shirt and like trousers like as in like but like a casual version of that like i don't know jeans and i don't know someone might wear a (laughs) t-shirt you know it's like yeah and the phd students is sort of similar i think some people have more casual than others really but some people do wear like shirts and a jumper or something like that um but yeah there's no like it's no business vibes at all it's much more like I don't know more more chill than how that sounds and I think you're right Megan like about the thing it's like nice sometimes you know where you're like oh I better make a bit of an effort or whatever um I guess it's yeah and I feel like it's probably just that everyone's doing that in different ways isn't it and it's just then when I don't know something like what happened to Hebrew happens because someone doesn't consider that to be the right sort of effort then it's sort of yeah, it's 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 off, and I can I can see, like it doesn't sound it's a horrible story, but it sounds like I can see people doing being a bit funny, and it's like mm. it doesn't it doesn't sound like an isolated incident. It's I can imagine you're experiencing that, and people would be experiencing that semi regularly, in lots of different ways. Yeah, I think we don't really talk about it. I think this also, and this is just a guess I'm making, and. 
um, you know, I do not have hands-on evidence to prove this, but the way society is constructed, I would say that this disproportionately might happen more to um, women and gender non-conforming individuals than mm -hmm. to people who um, self-identify as male um, or also choose to present maybe in more um, mask ways. I, you know, I mean, I don't have evidence for that, but I, you know, it just kind of like, I don't know. It made me really think, Saren, when you said, you know, I, I don't want to confuse people. I don't know. I feel like that maybe it was just a statement, but I felt like it hit so deep. Um, cause it's like, we're constantly kind of trying to attune to the gaze of the other like trying to think of how am I perceived from the outside, whether that has to do with clothes or our skin color or um, how we choose to present ourselves in terms of gender. Um, I don't know. I, I was just curious because, you know, you had mentioned like the aspect of being trans and I was thinking, is there like certain experiences you do recall that you're comfortable sharing? Um where you were maybe a bit, a bit taken aback? In terms of clo clothing? Or... Yeah. I don't think there's anything like super specific, but it's just like a constant internal worry for me that less so from my peers, like my peers are really cool and amazing, the other PhD students, but sort of from the academics in the department are sort of concerned that if um, I were to dress like in... Um, a more gender non-conforming way as I often would do not at university that people would um, sort of then misunderstand what they've already been told about how to refer to me um, I think it's just like a constant underlying worry really it's not really something that has happened loads but sometimes when things do go wrong I sort of think oh maybe that is linked to how I behave today or like how I spoke like maybe the way I expressed my voice came out sounded in a certain way which meant they got confused although it's usually just that they've forgotten or they just never get it right anyway do you know what I mean so um it's just a weird thing that you yeah. just bring into your own concerns about a situation do, do you guys want, I have something to talk about I think about this it's kind of a bit separate but it's, it's so it's not yeah. but I think it is like professional mm -hmm. related. I had this horrible thing happen, so I, let me, I don't think I've told either of you. Um, but like, it's so it's about kind of professionalism, and even if you are acting really professional, like mm -hmm. you could still get horrible backlash. So I am doing, I'm organizing a, I don't know, you know, there's so many weird words. I'm organizing an event at a conference, but there's different words to describe how that. <laughs> Okay, cool. Um, so with some other fat studies researchers. Um, and so we did a call for papers um, and I sent it on this critical geography mailing list, which is a mess, but anyway, th which is, made me feel better about the situation. But I sent it and then, and it was, yeah, professional, good, checked by everyone. So it's like, okay, doing behaving in a professional way. And then like an hour later, I got an email from one of my supervisors being like, I'm so sorry about the horrible responses you've got to your corpus for papers. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then um, she was, then my other supervisor emailed me like saying, oh, I've seen it. It's like, you know, 
like very like racist and homophobic and all this other stuff and I was like oh god and then the way they talked about it I was like I don't want to read it because it's just like so I went to like click in the like they filter all my mailing list to a different mailbox so I clicked on that and then I saw the the um subject heading was um fat liberation is a death cult (laughs) and I was like so I just deleted it and I was like okay whatever um but yeah it was like a very weird experience because I was like oh like you know PhD student I was like okay I'm gonna send it to this mailing list to like thousands of people but it's like and then it's like those are the responses you get back and I didn't read it initially and then I spoke to the other girls who um organized it and they were like oh it's so stupid like and it really didn't make any sense but it was just like you know you're just like and this is a lecturer like wow a uni and he it's just like oh wow this you can be putting yourself out there professional professionally and then people will just come back completely unprofessional and there's no consequences <laughs> or they don't care like again it's, it's weird that feeling of like we can try and like manage stuff and then may I ask what was the official call that that sent out like the title um what was it critical fat geographies or something along those lines or call for papers the so, American whatever. It, yeah it was just normal it sounds like that person like it personally triggered them on a level where they felt the urge to police certain bodies mm-hmm. and attach like basically more worth to 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 bodies that we deem as I don't know the norm it's I'm so sorry to say this and I think it won't be beeped out but that's disgusting behavior mm-hmm. is I I don't have any words I mean if you don't have anything productive or nice to say um don't say anything maybe mm-hmm. I, I mean I I think I'll have to let the sink in first before yeah. I can even say something I'm just seeing Saren's face and <laughs> I, mean, I, I was just thinking that you were going to say it was like a spammer the fact that it was a lecturer mm-hmm. who actually was like oh yeah I'll just publicly I, I've got the audacity to publicly come back and send some hate mail back to this what? It, was, it was really weird because this lecturer he's does stuff in the area I do that my research is in so I when I saw it I thought oh god this guy is gonna like say something like it's fine for people to um critique what I'm doing or whatever and like people do have weird reactions sometimes so I was like oh if it's like that it kind of is upset more upsetting but it, mm. it re- when I say it doesn't make sense okay one thing he said was like oh there's not problems with fatness within gay male communities because they are really conscious about they don't really have body image issues and I was like that's literally the opposite like it's like it's like you don't know what you're talking about like and he said something about it genuinely didn't make sense what it was something like people used to want pale skin because it meant you didn't work in the fields and then but now it's different because we have a more multicultural society you know it's like what are you talking about this doesn't like was he okay do you know what i mean you know when you're like is that person he's not okay because since then, on the uh, mailing list, he's posts all the time. <laughs> and, like, everyone's like, we need to kick him off the mailing list. <laughs> like, everyone. So it's a whole big drama, which is kind of... And the stuff he said, he said some really, really awful, like, stuff that's much worse than what he said to me. So, but, you know, we're just like... 
I'm, yeah, that's very weird. I'm just so sorry yeah. that you had to go through that and like the emotional effect of that. I mean, I know myself and I know we're very different people, but I I take things like that personally, especially because your research, I feel like, again, we said this before, research is always to some part me search in a way or another. It somehow is connected to your beliefs or your values as a person. So it is, and that person meant it as a personal attack. You can't tell me that, oh, that was just directed at the research call. No, I'm sorry. Like I, you know, but also this, this sounds like one of the people who are like, I am for all human rights, but not the lives of these people and not the lives of those people. And also I'm a feminist, but mm, I'm a trans exclusionary feminist. Like I... I don't know, these topics make me so furious. So, because you can't, these are the kind of people that you you have in academia. These are the kind of people who have a responsibility to educate people, to mm -hmm. supervise people, to guide people. And th this is very dangerous to have academics that have certain thinking patterns that just dehumanize certain bodies certain lives um and i think this is kind of you know when we're talking about equity and representation i mean this is i'm um, thank you for bringing this up because again i don't think this can be an isolated incident i think this happens so often and especially as phd students i don't know how how did you deal with it because it's like this person is also in a position of power and it hurts me to say that yeah how do you confront that? Because what are the repercussions going to be of putting in a formal complaint? You know, there it's so political. Like, how do you approach something like that? Um, yeah, well, it was, yeah, yeah, sorry. No, no I, was I was just going to say, and also thinking back about dress codes, I mean... I don't fault anyone and I'm one of those people that have this anxiety like how is my body perceived in this space mm -hmm. I can't help it I don't know I feel like this might resonate with many people but especially when we hear about incidents like that yeah yeah, yeah it was very weird very very weird and I was upset like I was kind of like I don't think I was having a good week and I was like oh for fuck's sake <laughs> like you know you're just like leave me alone no and um my supervisor was really nice but when I read it it was like oh okay he's really not making any sense so in hindsight I'm like okay and he's like just got problems but it was very like you feel like oh I felt I actually felt embarrassed because I was a bit like oh um I've sent this to like all these people and then this is what they see as like the response to it. Like it just felt a bit like, oh, they're gonna, I don't know. It felt like I was like then associated with that negative or stupid or yeah, backlash. And there was this like, oh, I don't want my, that's not really what I'm doing. And I don't mind like people like asking more questions or us having discussion about it if they don't really see it. But it's like, yeah, it was, it was kind of like, I don't know. It's kind of like you can't, not you can't do anything right, but it's like you're doing something in the way that it's, everything's meant to be done and that's what you get back. And it's just like, mm. it's a bit depressing and a bit like, I don't really, I'm not, I always talk to my friend, I'm, like, I'm not a frontline person that much. Like, I don't want to be the one that everyone's, I'm not arguing with people like 
<laughs> about stuff like this. So I'll like say my opinion, but it's like I didn't want to respond to it, and I'm just like I just want to. Yeah, I was like I don't respond, and then I was like I don't even really care to complain. I think my supervisor, one of my supervisors, complained, but it's a bit weird. So it's just like just leave it and ignore this person. Mm. Yeah. I totally know what you mean though sometimes about that thing where you put loads of effort and work into something and then the way especially in terms of I don't know I've had similar experiences to what you were sort of saying nothing as bad as that at all but like in terms of like taking a while to like write an email being really polite being really nice then you send it and the response you get back is really horrible like really rude mm -hmm. and just sort of like I don't know, sort of, and you then reply that like, really lovely, and then the next reply is again like really rude, and and like I'm always like why, like why, especially to people who, it often happens with people who you know like are in a more senior position than you, and I understand like maybe you don't have very much time, um, and maybe there's you know having a really bad day, but still at the same time maybe just a little bit of courtesy in how you write your email would be appreciated we all know that you can do it mm. so why not um so yeah I just I yeah I feel like I I don't know I I, I completely get your point although your point is a much more extreme version of that it was very extreme I don't want these extreme experiences I have no interest in it <laughs> like, <laughs> just boring this please yeah like but yeah it's just it's I think it is that kind of thing. I think, especially being a PhD student, I think someone and undermining or making you feel uncomfortable about the way you dress, or making you feel uncomfortable about your research, or making you feel uncomfortable, like, is so unnecessary. And yeah, I guess that's that. And also, it's like, I don't know. It's like you wouldn't ever really say to a student. I feel like if you're thinking about levels and if we're like in the more professional sense with students, it's like you never would be like. Oh, look at you wearing a bright yeah. colour. You wouldn't say that because it's like just inappropriate to talk to really someone like that. So yeah. I think it's inappropriate to email a PhD student rudely. It's inappropriate to like tell them that they're dressed weird. <laughs> it's kind of like I don't know. No, I think you know, I think it's a violation on mm. every single level. And I don't think there's a way to sugarcoat it or sweet talk it or excuse it because at the end of the day, you know, what, how the call was received by this specific lecturer says a lot more about them than mm. anything you have put into that call. It's, I don't know, I think it's a reflection of a much bigger problem. It really is how you know, certain bodies are just criminalized. May that be upon, upon you know, racial constructs or or BMI, which, mm -hmm. by the way, it's total um, rubbish as the yeah. <laughs> rubbish, um and racist. Um, or I don't know. I also feel like I think people are triggered by certain bodies that they perceive as this is taking up too much space. So there might be a black body in this room. There might be a Muslim body in this room, a bigger body, a trans body. And you take up automatically more space because you are disrupting someone's view of what normality means. It's a them problem. Mm. 
still, it affects you because that person got back to you with such a hateful response about a death cult. Just, <laughs> it's, just FYI, you don't joke about death. Like, yeah. Right? Like, I, yeah, I think it repre- represents like a societal problem that needs to be addressed. I don't know, right now with the way things are just going and how the energy on the planet is charged with so much hatred. I don't even have any words. It's just, it's so just we, unfortunate that this is happening in academia. Yeah, it's, yeah. And it's, I think there's also a level of, um, it's a bit of the wild west everything is quite individual you know people become a lecturer people become this it's like there's not that much oversight about how people can conduct themselves in some ways so then i think sometimes if you're like this then it's just okay should we talk about practical tips and advice i don't know if i have any but i might let you guys <laughs> first. but i'll think about how i dealt with that and like maybe what i'm doing <laughs> yeah no i think i also want to like mention i think this episode in particular is kind of like you know, take it or leave it. It's very, you know, opinion based and you might, the audience, our audience, you might have very different experiences and reflections on this. So, you know, please just share with us what you think in the comment section. But I don't think there's like practical advice, like per se, but I feel like it's okay to embrace your personal style. And if people underestimate you, based on what they perceive as, you know, this is professional and this is not, let them underestimate you. I think it's it's very cliche to say, you know, let your actions speak bigger than like, I guess your clothes in mm-hmm. this uh, instance. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I think sometimes kind of like letting that go and making peace with, okay, this person has you know, made their judgment upon my tattoos, my jewelry, I don't know, the way I like to dress. I think, you know, you can maybe take, I take power from that. um, Because again, it has nothing to do with me. Like what, what they really think of me, it's none of my business. Like I really try to manifest that, although sometimes it's very difficult because it does personally affect you. I mean, especially if you can interpret certain looks or like the conference experience. I didn't have to interpret anything. Everything was said out loud (laughs) in the clear. But I guess also that's part of, you know, learning to grow. Like, I don't know. Unfortunately, these things are part of growth, I guess. But um, yeah, I don't think there's like any tips I have. Just that... um, I think resilience, you know, resilience, I think, plays an important part for me personally. Um, yeah. yeah. I think the most important thing is to just be comfortable. Mm. Skin. Like, let them think what they think. What was I going to say? <laughs> I think there is freedom in, like, academic and university spaces to dress how you want. So I think as much as there might be backlash, I think also enjoy the freedom of it as well. Like you should just do, like you said, wear what you want and do your thing. Um, And then I guess in terms of this weird thing that happened to me, I, I would say like, I guess talking to other people about it and also um trying to react how you, 
I guess knowing how you want to conduct yourself and just keep consistent with that because I think if I responded which I was tempted but I definitely it's just not my it's not the way I like to act so it's like if I had responded I think I would have felt worse than if I because I didn't respond I couldn't get over it a bit easier so I guess kind of like knowing like um, Sarah you were saying like if someone replies to you rudely you're gonna still reply to them politely back because that's mm. not how you want to conduct yourself and oh there's one tip about um this is the general social like when someone says something weird to you like if someone like says something my friend told me she's like sometimes pretend you didn't hear them so then they have to repeat themselves and then they have to hear what they just said again <laughs> it's just like you said like oh sorry you didn't think I was a PhD student and they're like oh yeah that's what it's like <laughs> just make them reflect on what they just said. I'm again <laughs> yeah it's like what did you say and then they're like oh I just said that you don't look like it's like okay that's so good yeah yeah I've done it before and it actually works but you know when someone's passive aggressive or rude for no reason then you're like oh sorry what do you say and they're like oh don't worry (laughs) yeah they get embarrassed then yes but they have to repeat themselves and I think that that would work on me if I said something wrong I'd be like oh yeah sorry (laughs) (laughs) no that's a wonderful advice I think Mm -hmm. I'll I'll apply that yeah like my what like my, your claws you said okay whatever <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh um but okay so that's all from us thanks for listening to this episode of bending boundaries remember you can get in touch with us on instagram at bending boundaries podcast to tell us your thoughts on dress codes and academia and you can follow us on twitter at, at bending bound pod um yeah so catch you next time Bye. Bye.